The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Is your organization a talent magnet? Is your culture the envy of the business market? Top organizations need top leaders. Make sure that you are that leader. This show will ensure that you are. Welcome to I Lead the Leadership Connection with Dr. Linda Sharkey. Leaders today are more than just results. They are about creating legacies of great people, driving winning organizations, and raising the bar for themselves and that of their teams. Now, here is your host, Dr. Linda Sharkey. Hi, I'm Linda Sharkey, host of I Lead the Leadership Connection, and thank you for joining me today. Before we get started, I just want to mention that um, I have been nominated for very... Uh, thrilled to have been nominated for and humbled to be nominated for the Thinkers 50, which is some of uh, the the list of leading global thinkers in the world who influence how companies and organizations develop and develop their leaders. I need your vote, however. So if I could count on you to go to www.thinkers50.com slash vote dash 2015 slash and vote for me. It's very simple. I would be thrilled to make this list and uh, it's an exciting time. I get notes from people every single day who tell me that they voted for me for all over the world, but you know, you could never take anything for granted. So if you have the inclination and the time, I hope you take it to vote for me, for the 50s thinkers. It thinkers 50. The vote needs to be in August 31st, so we don't have a lot of time left. I'm also going to be going to uh, Mexico on uh, Sunday and doing, I'm very excited about this. I'm doing a uh, major talk around transforming HR and the 12 tenets of the new world of work. And what you need to think about as an organization in order to really be prepared for this nonlinear world of work that's going to require a great deal of agility and capacity building so that you can compete and succeed in this ever-changing environment. Which leads me to my guest today, Corey Kogan. Corey uh, is at Franklin Covey. She's a global practice leader for productivity. She does a lot of research and content development around time management. She was, prior to Franklin Covey, uh, she spent six years as executive vice president of worldwide operations for Alpha Graphics, Inc. And why that's important is because Corey has lived this stuff. She's not just a researcher and she's not just a consultant. She's somebody who's actually been there driving effective operations around the world. Uh, She's been honored in 2005 as one of the top 30 women to watch 
by Utah Magazine. She's a chapter leader for ASTD. And um, her book that she co-authored with uh, Adam Merrill and Lena Rinney, I believe is how you say her name, has been on the Wall Street Journal uh, bestseller list, list for the last three weeks, which is a pretty nice accomplishment, Corey. Good for you. Congratulations. Thank you for joining me today. So, uh, Corey, your book, which I read cover to cover, and I found very, very interesting. It really resonated a great deal with me, and I'm I'm hoping that people will get a copy of it. The Five Choices, The Path to Extraordinary Productivity, uh, was published by Simon & Schuster. It's a really, it's a great read, Um, and it's it's an easy read, which I think when I was talking to you, you said that you, you were trying to do that, something that was really practical and focused for people. What made you write the book? What made you guys come up with these five choices? Well, you know, Franklin Covey uh, has been around. Stephen Covey started this workaround time uh, management 25 years ago with the seven habits of highly effective people, and they evolved uh, leadership and time management, and really based on those seven habits and the private victory. And um, over the years, Franklin Covey has always iterated as the workforce has changed, the workplace has changed, what the problems are, and so what are the current solutions based on principles. And so a few years ago, we were at that place again where we said, all right, uh, you know, uh, first things first, focus achieving the highest priorities. It's continuing to move what's next. And what do we need to do? And we took a look out in the workforce, and we saw that really our starting place of the paradox of it's both easier and harder than ever to achieve extraordinary uh, productivity due to the technology was really our, our guideline. And so we took those principles. We also realized that we have a knowledge-based world now. People are paid to think, innovate, create, and execute. And so the five choices really was uh, put together based on those principles and blended with some of the research in neuroscience of the 21st century around decision, attention, and energy management. We had that out in the field as a work session uh, around the world, and then with all of that information, uh, we wrote the book uh, about a year ago and released it, and uh, very, like you said, very practical, and it's been on the move ever since. So tell me what the five choices are. I mean, obviously I've read the book, but for the listeners, you know, how did you, why are these five choices so important, and what are they? Well, starting with that paradox, it's both easier and harder than ever to achieve extraordinary productivity, and the harder really came down to three key problems, that people are overwhelmed with the number of decisions that are coming in at them every day. Every email is a decision. Uh, That alone is plenty. Our attention is under unprecedented attack with our smartphones and all those distractions, and it's no longer an eight-hour day. It's a 24-hour day, so all of that is just wearing us out. So with that, the five choices is the process by which you master the skills of decision, attention, and energy management. So choice one, act on the important, don't react to the urgent, are the skills of discernment using uh, what we call the time matrix as the filter, using the word urgent and important 
to think consciously, think through everything that's incoming and decide if it's something that's a quadrant one necessary to do right now, quadrant three, it's just an urgent and not important, it's a distraction, quadrant four, it's a waste of time, or is this quadrant two, important, not urgent, really important stuff that no matter what I've got to get done. So really learning to discern through choice one. Choice two is... You know, I love that uh, that matrix. I think that that's a very uh, interesting way and exercise for anybody to sit down and just think about their day and how they make decisions. It's a good analysis tool, I think. Well, for us, it's foundational. And I'm very direct and to the point uh, in my practical way. And I'll be honest, if you, if you, you, I would say you have to sort of read the book in order because you really have to get conscious, very intentional with the front of your brain, and you need to use the time matrix to filter everything that's coming in. If you get really good at that, then the other four, four choices really optimize what's really important and the probabilities of getting stuff done. So I'm with you, Linda, on that. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I, I want you to get, obviously, to all the choices, but what I found really surprising was some of the research that you did and what, and what you show here is that only 30.8% of the people actually really work on um, stuff that's really important. And that huge study that you did around the world that was amazing. Why, why do you think that is? Why is that? Well, uh, it's, uh, uh, that study is about 350,000 people, all continents. Right. And what they told us was that they feel that like they are, they self-reported, they feel like they're putting their time, attention, and energy on important things about 60% of the time and unimportant and irrelevant things about 40% of the time, 50 to important, 40 to unimportant. So what they're saying is they're essentially wasting half their time. And when we talk about important, that includes a, a lot of crises and urgencies which are going to come up, but a lot of times that's what hinders getting good work done is this busy work. Why, do I, why is it like that? To be honest with you, I, it's where I started. The world has changed. And to me, as I travel the world and see all kinds of organizations, those numbers pretty much are standard operating procedure. So unless you're one of the top performing companies that, you know, you could think of three or four of them, right? You know who they are. Or at the bottom, a really toxic organization. If you're somewhere in the middle and you took this assessment, you're probably going to come out somewhere the same. So what I've learned in our research is by just everybody showing up to work, for the most part, that 40% is the cost of doing business, just based on the technology we have today, the distractions we have today. And most important, Linda, is that most people, when they see that survey, the first thing that comes into their mind is, well, do we know what's important or what's not important in my organization? Are we clear to be even able to take the assessment? So if your listeners are even thinking that right now, that's the place to start. And that's what the time matrix does is allow people to get really clear on what's important and squeeze out the assumptions of what's not important or maybe just important to somebody but not to somebody else. 
And, you know, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think a lot of people don't really know what's important. And, you know, it's it, when, when you're making these comments, my professional life flashed in front of my, my eyes. Many times we did a lot of things at somebody's whim or busy work or, uh, you know, you had to get stuff out. Was it really important? Was it really urgent? Did it ever get used? You know, so that's a very critical point particularly in this fast-paced world, if you have people spending 60% of their time not on the most important things, that's huge. It is. And I also say to people, you know, uh, you're not always going to be able to engage the leadership uh, when you're talking about the workforce. Uh, because this is about when people are probably out listening and they're going, well, this sounds like a good idea, but, you know, my boss should really be listening to Linda's show right now because, he or she throws me into quadrant one and three all the time. Everything's a crisis, and, uh, you know, I don't think it's important, but they do. And I always say, you know what, okay, and you can build a culture, because if everybody speaks the language, then it's a whole new ballgame, but first, own it yourself. Uh, clean your own house, uh, you know, first. So if you do things like procrastinate or feel like you do your best work under pressure or you're the accommodator for everybody, you're creating your own quadrant one, threes, and fours that are controllable by just changing your behavior a little bit. Yeah, and, you know, you, you made an interesting comment. We're 30 seconds to break, um, and you talked about culture. And uh, when we get back from break, uh, I, I want to talk a little bit about that because corporate culture probably has something to to do with with some of this. Would you think, Corey? I totally agree. Quickly before... Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, that that's an area where people really need to examine. If bo- bosses are pushing people to quadrant one and quadrant three, they probably got a cultural issue there, too. Um, so we're at break. Uh, stay with us. We're talking to Corey Kogan. Uh, she is one of the authors of The Five Choices, The Path to Extraordinary Productivity. Uh, the book has been on the Wall Street Journal bestseller list for the p- past three weeks. It's, it, it, it really is a great book. I, I love it. In fact, um, I'm going to use it as a reference in some of the things that I'm doing, Corey. It's, it's, it's great. So stay with us. We're talking to Corey Kogan. We'll be back after break. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. If you have a loved one that is undergoing treatment for substance abuse or mental illness, you owe it to them and yourself to tune in to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. This compassionate and educational talk show will help you help those that you love by better understanding their condition and their personal recovery process. Tune in every Monday at 12 noon Pacific time to One Hour at a Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Recovery begins this hour. Dr. Linda Sharkey promotes fact-based solutions for global organizations and leaders that are known to drive business success. Do you want to put the wow in your talent practices? How about a spring in your leadership approaches? Coaching and leadership development are proven methods that, if done right, really do make good leaders great. If you want a no-nonsense, practical approach that will enable you to compete anywhere in the world with measurable results, contact Linda today. Visit lindasharkey.com. Again, that's lindasharkey.com. As your business grows, are you growing with it? Do you have the right balance of time, attention, work, and personal life? 
Take the growing pains out of growth and tune into The Business Edge with Marsha Zidle. If you are spending most of your energy managing problems rather than focusing on taking your business to the next level, our program will give you the steps you need to make sure you have everything in place for forward-thinking business leadership. The Business Edge is heard every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned in to I Lead, the Leadership Connection. To speak to Dr. Linda Sharkey or her guest, please call in to one 866 Four seven two five seven nine zero. That's one eight six six four seven two five seven nine zero. Or you can tweet the show at hashtag #ILeadTLC. We'd also love to hear from you by email. The email address is radio at lindasharkey.com. Now back to I Lead the Leadership Connection. Hi, welcome back. I'm Linda Sharkey, your host, and with me is Corey Kogan, uh, author, uh, co-author of The uh, Five Choices, The Path to Extraordinary Productivity. She's an associate with uh, Franklin Covey, and the book has been on the Wall Street Journal bestseller list for the past three le- weeks, which is great. Corey and I were just talking about uh, culture. We were talking about the um, the uh, matrix, the four matrix analysis that she has and how you, uh, that, that's covered in the book on how you think about where you spend your time and the whole point that people are really not spending their time on what's most important. Sometimes it's what's most urgent, but not necessarily what's most important. And we were discussing the role of culture, organizational culture, in helping people really focus on those things that are most important. And what role, Corey, do you see? I see a huge role that culture plays here, but what's your thoughts on that? Well, you know, even in the book, there's a special section in the back uh, for leaders, uh, because this really is all about culture. So what we were talking about earlier, the time matrix, it all starts there. It, it, it can start, if you really want to see enormous productivity gains, then have the leadership pause and really just get the time matrix up on the wall and really get clear, you know, and you probably are, what the goals of the organization are and get even clearer on what they think is quadrant one, three, four, really start to filter everything through the organization around this and start behaving productivity. So reward quadrant two behaviors as opposed to always rewarding the, the crisis you know, reward. Whoa, Mary saved the day, you know, that kind of thing. There's a million right. things that can be done, and if the leadership models these productivity things, then you will find people will come to work excited, engaged, and human nature is they want to win. And when you remove that part of that 40% of them feeling like I'm wasting half my time, you remove some percentage of that, and you can measure that then people show up really feeling hopeful that they can get the most important things done. So it's totally a cultural thing that when put into place has amazing return on the investment. Yeah, and what I love about that, the the exercises that are back in in that section of the book on on building a Q2 culture, 
is that they're very simple things to do. This is not hard. This is not, you know, going to take you through hours and hours of, uh, you know, strategy. It's, it's, they're, they're, they're simple things to do that really change behavior and get, get the organization really focused. So in your book, I, I loved this section where you um, talk a little bit about the changing way of, of the workplace, which is really more um, less value-based from the sort of bureaucracies and factories of the past. And now the real value is the brain and knowledge. And how, how is that changing the way we have to think about processes and approaches and patterns that, you know, kind of have been second nature, but may not, but, but may need to be adapted or changed for this new world? So this is the real sort of, I call it, moment of truth when leaders, they sort of know this, by the way. I always like to say leaders, people, nobody's bad at what they do. This is not the remedial, you know, stuff. This is, you know, our mission of enabling greatness and people and organizations everywhere, just like you. It's how do we get better. And so it's just, it's, it's old habits. And so what happens is, you know, the industrial age, it was the employee was asked to not think, not talk, just do your 10 widgets, we'll do the thinking, and if you do nine, we'll uh, find somebody else to do, you know, the 10. And that was sort of productivity, and, and that was great. It was the assembly line. It, was, it changed the world, and there were, you know, um, systems out there that optimized it over the years, ISO 9000, Six Sigma, all of those, lean manufacturing, all of those really optimized the work of the manual laborer for the most part. Uh, until many you know, recent years. And so when you think about the w- worker of today, uh, we feel like over 50% of the workforce worldwide are now knowledge workers, those that are paid to do mental labor. They're paid to think, innovate, create, and execute. And it's not as easy. You can't say 10 widgets per hour or, hey, you need to do better. And what we know from our research also is that everybody has the capacity, particularly the knowledge worker uh, group, has enormous potential that goes untapped. Um, and, but it's in there, and the research clearly shows that. And so it re- the paradigm shift needs to be, it's no longer about measuring widgets to say, hey, you need to do one more widget. You can't say to today's worker, hey, you need to do better you have to tap into them and give them the tools to really identify and understand what's really important. Get out of their way because they want to win, they want to win big, and the opportunity is dramatic. So when leadership really understands and really goes, aha, I get it, that now it's the brain that's the number one tool, not the hands and the back. And so my work in neuroscience is because the brain is the number one tool, how do I really help somebody work to their best of their prefrontal cortex and work towards reward and winning versus fear and uh, survival mode. Yeah, and you know, you you go into some things in the book which actually uh, fascinated me and made me think uh, uh, about people that are not necessarily doing uh, brain-based jobs, you know, but they're, they're, you know, you talk about some people doing uh, sort of routine kind of jobs and how can they... Um, even be, you know, be unleashed. 
Well, so in, in, in that research that you're referring to, we do. We talk about what we call low-complexity jobs, and in that study, it was a group of fast food workers. So there were three levels, low, medium, and high, yeah. high being knowledge workers. So fast food workers, and when you think about it, when you, you know, take two people, if you visualize two people in an organization, and, and your listeners will get this immediately, you all have, everybody has these. You've got this very tight job description, do this, 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 and this, make the hamburger this way, uh, and you've got two people that were trained, given the same training to do that job, and yet we know that the top performer will be, could be three times more productive than the lowest performer. And you have these people in the organization because they'll, you'll look at that, people have it, they'll look at those people and they'll go, oh gosh, look at Mary, it's unbelievable how productive she is. If we could just clone her, uh, you know, or put, bottle her and spread on everybody what a great place this would be, how productive we would be. And really when you think about it, the difference between the two is that Mary is motivated. She's decided to make a real contribution with the tools she's been given, and the other person, Joe, has not. So what, even in that, the, those, you know, front line, et cetera, if we can tap into that and give them some tools to identify the most important things in their world, both at work and at home, and some tools that help them get there, even when they don't have a lot of decision-making power. Because when you go to the front line, they don't. But there's still opportunity for them to go home at night feeling like they were really accomplished and they can't wait to get up and do it again tomorrow. You know, when I was reading that section, I happened to be going through the Charlotte Airport. I don't know if you go through Uh there frequently, uh-huh. but I do, and um, uh, you know, I, I went into the ladies' room there, and it's one of the best, cleanest ladies' rooms in all the airports that I've been through, and there are some women in there that just, you know, they're singing, they're uh-huh. helping people, they're directing people, uh, they're putting out mints, they're doing all of these really great things, and, uh, you know, talk about a low-complexity job, that is certainly one of them, but these women are loving what they do. And everybody goes in there and, you know, they feel great when they walk out, which is kind of amazing. It, it, it is kind of amazing, and I'm sure they're doing some of that on their own. Uh, you know, they may have a leader who knows to give them a pat on the back and really inspires them to that and gives them some, some tools to really figure out, you know, what's important, what's not, and how do I optimize that in my life. That's yeah. right. And you can see it. You know, you can see when somebody's really motivated versus somebody who's not optimized, regardless of where they are in the organization. So uh, tell me a little bit more. How did you arrive at the, you know, the neuroscience angle in that, in this? Because that's what's fascinated me. This is throughout the book. It's, it's the new untapped territory, I think, for the world of work, as many other people think so, too. But how, how did you get there? Well, you know, in, in, in our research and just looking at the workforce, uh, you know, these were some suppositions we've made that I think is being supported by many, uh, there's many people that are, that are putting their time and attention into this work because, you know, again, based on that research that I was talking about, that was three job levels, uh, low, medium, and high, clearly high-complexity jobs are in the majority and whether it's salespeople, investment bankers, HR people, finance, engineering, uh, any of those fields. Uh, and just when you think about how the workforce and the work world has changed, 
I, these people, go, I, I continue to go back to that phrase, are paid to think, innovate, create, and execute. So for us, it was, okay, then uh, the brain is the number one tool that we need to focus on and think about what is hurting the brain from performing well, and that was the three problems of way too many decisions. You're always in survival mode. You have all these decisions coming at you, and we're handling them all linearly um, mm. because we're just surviving. And, and so what happens is some of the high-value decisions just pass us by, and that's why people, I mean, we know this to be true, go at the end of the day, they'll go, gosh, I was so busy. Where did the day go? I didn't get A, B, and C done. But they got a lot of emails done. They got a lot of things done because they're in survival mode. And then their smartphones go off. And the research behind the neuroscience around that, every time you look at your smartphone, when you're trying to work on something, the quality of your work goes down. It's amazing. And that eight-hour day is not an eight-hour day. It's a 24-hour day. And the whole accessibility thing. So this is an example of how clear the problems are of the 21st century. And I see this in any audience I'm in front of. Everybody's Everybody's nodding uh, because I'll, I'll say, you know, there's no rules. There's no rules. There's no guidelines. It's the wild, wild west of the knowledge worker age because at 10 o'clock at night, your boss is texting you and you don't know whether you're supposed to respond to it or not. So yeah. we believe the brain is the number one tool uh, in the knowledge worker age. Yeah. And we're coming up to break, uh, <clears throat> Corey, but I think it really is. And I think that, you know, it is the one area of the uh, human body that we still have have a lot of information that we don't know about. Um, so coming up on break, we're talking with Corey Kogan, uh, best-selling author of The Five Cho- Choices, The Pathway to Extraordinary Productivity. When we come back, we're going to be exploring the other five choices. Uh, we've been talking about the uh, the decision make matrix, which I think is a great tool for people and the role and impact of culture and what leaders can do to begin to get really focused on what's important. So stay with us. We're talking to Corey Kogan. Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business. Dr. Linda Sharkey promotes fact-based solutions for global organizations and leaders that are known to drive business success. Do you want to put the wow in your talent practices? How about a spring in your leadership approaches? Coaching and leadership development are proven methods that have done right really do make good leaders great. If you want a no-nonsense, practical approach that will enable you to compete anywhere in the world with measurable results, contact Linda today. Visit lindasharkey.com. Again, that's lindasharkey.com. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. 
are tuned in to I Lead, the Leadership Connection. To speak to Dr. Linda Sharkey or her guest, please call in to 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. Or you can tweet the show at hashtag ILEADTLC. We'd also love to hear from you by email. The email address is radio at lindasharkey.com. Now, back to ILEAD, the Leadership Connection. Hi, welcome back. I'm Linda Sharkey, your host of I Lead the Leadership Connection. And with me is Corey Kogan, uh, written a phenomenal book. If you haven't gotten it, you should. Um, it is called The Five Choices, The Path to Extraordinary Productivity. And I tell you, you can't, it's one of those books which I think is rare for a, a business book, actually, that you just can't put it down. I mean, I read it cover to cover. In fact, as I'm just looking at it again, I'm... Uh, going to read some of it again because it's it's one of those books that you can just take so much away from so Corey you guys did a great job on this I wanted to ask you though you spent in the beginning of the book and I wanted to touch it earlier but I didn't um, you talk a, about a personal energy crisis and I, I just happen to think that there's an epidemic of that T- tell us more about that personal energy crisis well, it starts with the fact that the eight-hour day is pretty well shot, as is the 40-hour week. I mean, the research right. was just out you know, a few weeks ago. It's like over 55. But, but, but the eight-hour day is gone. It really is, when you think about a global economy, it's 24 hours a day. And, again, it's both easier and harder than ever to achieve extraordinary productivity. So our technology is supposed to make it easier for us, but it makes us accessible 24 hours a day. So, you know, that what I ended on before to say you don't, when your boss texts you at 10 o'clock at night and people are not sure, am I supposed to respond to that now? Am I, what's it? There is no, we don't know what the expectation is. So it's, it's a high stressor. So uh, in many cases, not all, people are working and, you know, with the uh, uh, economy up and down and do more with less and stuff like that. People are working harder than ever, like I said, up and over 50 hours per week and stuff like that. So, so it's sort of unprecedented around uh, the stress levels of the pressure of work. Every ding and ping is a release of either dopamine or cortisol and stuff like that. So it's this massive concoction of uh, low energy and stress for so many reasons are enabled by the technology as well. Yeah, that's that's really amazing. And you talk a little bit. Um, what do you do about that? And and you have some exercises in there and how you how you train the brain to deal with this. And there's other research that's out there too. It's actually out of Australia where they they found that leaders that um, if you really want innovation, you've got to give people time to stop and think and relax. You talk about that in the book. Say more about that. So. The five choices, like I said, is the process that to help us master the skills of decision, attention, energy management. So decision management and attention management is purely a function of the prefrontal cortex of the brain. It, and I, my favorite words are intentional and or mindful. You, you can't mindlessly answer email. You can't mindlessly do interruptions. You need to be intentional. And that forces you to the prefrontal cortex your brain takes an enormous amount of energy. That's part of the energy crisis. 
And we've identified in choice five, five energy drivers. And it's not rocket science. Our parents taught us we need to exercise and we need to eat right and we need to, exercise, we need to uh, sleep and we need to de-stress and we need to connect with other human beings. But the research behind all that is so compelling around if you sit in your chair all day, sitting is the new smoking. Our brain needs vast amounts of oxygen and nutrients to make those high-value decisions about what's important what's not and to stay focused and not let the technology really pull us at the wrong times. So by really mastering one, two, three, five of those energy drivers, meaning renewing the brain and, like you said, pausing and letting your prefrontal cortex refresh. Even 10 minutes between projects will increase productivity by an enormous amount. So even if somebody, this is what I would, if somebody read the book and just focused on this first to really retrain their brain, I'm, I'm intentional, but I'm really going to get it lots of the oxygen and the right kinds of nutrients, so then I can implement the rest of the five choices. That's a great place to start, too. Yeah, that's it's, uh, fascinating. So can you tell me, let's, let's go into, uh, you know, don't settle, go, go through the, 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 the other choices. So we've covered one, choice one. It's the first half of decision management around discernment. So the time matrix gives us the skills to discern all the incoming through the words urgent and important. Choice two is the second half of decision management skills. It really crystallizes it. So go for extraordinary, don't settle for ordinary. So earlier I said in our studies we found that everybody has enormous potential that may go untapped. So that's what this is about. It's, it's for us to really think about, well, what's the, you know, if I am finding a little more time, uh, you know, based on filtering through the time matrix, then I could be a better friend, sister, practice leader, whatever the few most important roles in my life are right now, I'm going to write them down. I'm going to think about them and evaluate, and we give you that system, Evaluate: Am I underperforming? Am I ordinary? Am I extraordinary in this role? And extraordinary means making a high-value contribution in this role. Uh, am I doing that? And when you come to terms with that, and that's called labeling and reappraising in the neuroscience world, it's very powerful, then I'm going to create what we call quadrant two role statements, concise statements about what my vision of success is in those few roles, and then that becomes the brain's target for decision-making all day long because your brain requires, it needs to know where it's going. So as a practice leader, I know that I wake up every day thinking about how to enable and strengthen the capacity of people to go to sleep feeling accomplished at the end of the day. So I make decisions all day long around that. So that's choice that's two. That's a great it's purpose a, statement, Corey. That's a great purpose well, statement. I love that. Thank you. And, you know, back, back to the practical, like you mentioned before, you know, not everything goes perfectly well at the company. We're a company like everybody else and hard days and busy, and sometimes you wake up and going, really? And then you say to yourself, you know what, this is who I am. We all have stuff to deal with. Get, you know, let's go. So both in my personal and professional life, those concise statements are what drive me out of bed and guide my decisions. So that completes decision management with choice one and two, and then attention management, choice three, 
schedule the big rocks, don't sort gravel. And the big rocks is a well-known Franklin Covey metaphor for the important things. And gravel is just all the, you know, all the stuff. And the gravel is uh, just going to keep coming. You know, it's just that's accessibility. It's going to keep coming. So schedule the big rocks really is, do you have the right planning systems where we call it making the 30-10 promise, 30 minutes before the week starts, Pull out those role statements, your goals, and really think about, just get motivated by them for a second, not a long time, and then think about what are the one or two most important things I need to get done next week and get them in your calendar in a time slot. And again, not a million things, just the key things, those big rocks, so that you give yourself every opportunity to succeed. Are some of our scientists' research out there? You get more specific about planning, you will raise the probabilities of accomplishment by two to three hundred percent. So, thirty minutes before the week starts, ten minutes at the end of each day to reconcile your calendar, move things around that didn't get done. Because again, real life, just because you do the five choices, doesn't mean everything's going to go perfectly. We need to manage it, but I'm going to be vigilant and manage it well. The second half of attention management is uh, rule your technology, don't let it rule you because, you know, we've got these planning systems and great decision-making, but if our technology is blindsiding us, that's a problem. So I ask people to really get in touch with your addiction. Are you addicted and how is that showing up? And make sure it's it's an addiction, not just I love technology because I love technology. An addiction is when it's harming something else. So ask yourself, by being on my iPad, you know, at, at night, is it okay for me for renewal or is it taking time away from my spouse or partner or kids? Then it's an addiction. So get in touch with your addiction and always ask yourself when you're picking up your smartphone, am I in quadrant three or four or is this a legitimate reason for me to pick up my smartphone? So, the, so that's uh, choice four and that takes care of decision management, attention management. And by the way, with choice four, not just about addiction, but really really thinking through your technology. Where's your stuff? Where, where's your appointments? Where's your tasks? Where's your notes? Where's your contacts? We call that the four core. That's all your stuff can be. So really identify where your stuff is. Make sure where possible things sync across your devices so you don't have any redundancies and have an organized information management system. And then read uh, you know, chapter four because there's some great stuff around turning your email repository into a productivity engine uh, by using I the love principles that. of I need yeah, that. Well, I'll tell you, it's fabulous. <laughs> Automating every email is a decision, so you got to automate as many decisions out as you can, and you can do that by using rules if you know how to do that, or filters in Google. So that's just one example, but uh, there's three examples in there of master moves that'll really help. And like I said, choice five. You've got to have those energy drivers in place to be able to do all that work that I just talked about and do it well. That's yeah, choice. amazing. Absolutely amazing. <laughs> so uh, we have a question. We're, we're a minute from break, but we have a question that's come been uh, emailed in. And actually, it's somebody from your neck of the woods. So, uh, are you in Arizona or Utah? Right I am now? in Arizona. Arizona. Well, okay. So this is somebody from uh, Utah. And... Uh, what they want to know is, you know, what are the three biggest pieces of advice that you have to give to leaders uh, if, if they want to really 
get out of all of these traps that they're into and, and really drive more productivity. So we're going to answer that question. It's from uh, Sharon, actually, from uh, Utah when we, when we get back from break. So stay with us. We have a question for Corey Kogan from the, uh, that was emailed in. And um, that's a great question. So what are three big pieces of advice that, that you're going to offer for people? So stay with us. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Dr. Linda Sharkey promotes fact-based solutions for global organizations and leaders that are known to drive business success. Do you want to put the wow in your talent practices? How about a spring in your leadership approaches? Coaching and leadership development are proven methods that, if done right, really do make good leaders great. If you want a no-nonsense, practical approach that will enable you to compete anywhere in the world with measurable results, contact Linda today. Visit lindasharkey.com. Again, that's lindasharkey.com. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned in to iLead, the Leadership Connection. To speak to Dr. Linda Sharkey or her guest, please call in to one 866 Four seven two five seven nine zero. That's one eight six six four seven two five seven nine zero. Or you can tweet the show at hashtag #IleadTLC. We'd also love to hear from you by email. The email address is radio at lindasharkey.com. Now back to I Lead the Leadership Connection. Hi, welcome back. I'm Linda Sharkey. I'm your host, and we have Corey Kogan uh, on with us, who's just having a fabulous conversation about the brain and organizational culture and how you make choices and really drive for effective productivity and manage your energy, and it's just been a great conversation. But we've had a, a, a question in for the field, but before I go there, I just want to say get the book the Five Choices, The Path to Extraordinary Productivity, written by Corey Kogan, Adam Merrill, and Lena uh, Renee. And it, it's just a terrific book. But, Corey, here's the question. If you had three pieces of advice to somebody who wanted to get this um, up and running in their organization or for themselves personally, what would it be? So, number one is... To and for leaders, uh, and, and like you said, even an individual. But you know, when a leader is thinking about their organization, the first thing they need to do is really, uh, with their own team, uh, get clear on what's important, what's not. And and for me, that means getting the you know flip charts up, 
the time matrix uh, up there and really just calmly thinking through, and again, lots of leaders know what their goals are and stuff like that, so quadrant two, and really identifying what are things that are chronic crises, what are things that are urgent, not important, and I'll tell you where a great opportunity is in uh, meetings. I, we have numbers of organizations that that's one of the first places they go because they're just moving too fast to realize that everybody's going to meet, you know, I amuse myself sometimes in, in keynotes where I'll say, okay, how many of you have ever been to an unproductive meeting? Because every hand goes up and everybody's laughing and, oh, my God, you know, I mean, you're crazy. So really just uh, almost a lean kind of exercise of identifying what's going on in each of those quadrants that, you can, that are easy pickings in the organization. Because when you go out there as a leadership team or a leader and you say, hey, listen, we, we've got this. We are identifying what's important, what's not, so everybody's on the same page. And we spend some time and we understand, we, we feel what we've learned from you is this meeting is not one that we need. And they're going to go, whoa, that alone will raise engagement. Uh, be, you know, before anybody even well, there's one. Up. Okay, give me, give me two more. The second Quickly. one is that leaders need to be vigilant and not and make sure that not everything is a quadrant one. That they, because I hear it all the time, leaders go, here, I need this now, I need this now, I need this now. But here's the other side of that is, and I've learned this even with my own teams, if, you do, if you're a leader and you don't need something now, tell your team that. Tell your direct reports that because they will assume everything is needed now. So the workforce is, in fact, half the problem. So leaders need to make sure they're not throwing people into quadrant one unnecessarily and that they are really clearly identifying what is not needed right now so everybody doesn't jump to. That's number two. The third one okay, is number leaders, three. the leaders should start rewarding quadrant two activities, meaning things that are important, but they weren't necessarily urgent. So we see, uh, and somebody once said to me, we are an organization of the diving catch, to use a baseball metaphor. Everything is heroics. They saved the sale. They, the, the system came back up. And so what happens, you've created this Pavlovian culture where it's like we're going to get 100 bucks if we save the day versus, you know, and I just think that's, um, forgive the word, sexier than say, hey, you know, Tom, great, great uh, root cause analysis on that thing, on that preventive, ma- you know, and it doesn't feel the same because we're not used to it. But it would, if a yeah. leader started saying, hey, let's really reward root cause analysis or prevention or the fact that this person t- took time to think through this thing, yay, you'll start to change the culture away from this quadrant one mentality all the time. So those are my three top things for leadership. Great. Super. Thank you, Corey. Thank you so much for, for being on the show. And if people want to get a hold of you, how do they get a hold of you? You can email me directly at Corey.Kogan, K-O-R-Y dot K-O-G-O-N at FranklinCovey.com. Or, and, and strategy, you can go to the website, www.TheFiveChoices.com, TheFiveChoices.com. Great. Super. Corey, thanks so much for a great interview, and I so appreciate you being with me today. Thank you for having me, Linda. Great. So don't forget, everybody, um, I'm so appreciative of all of my audience. I have 
people from all over the world that are listening into the show and and that are listening after the show and uh, sharing the the podcasts. And I so greatly appreciate that. And I I hope that people are uh, finding them useful. And um, we've got a lot of listeners all over the world. So if you're out there, you're liking the show, go to iTunes and uh, uh like the show on iTunes. It helps our ratings. And please go to www.thinkers50.com slash vote dash 2015 slash. And please vote for me. I would love to make the Thinkers 50 list of most influential global leaders. So thanks again for being part of the show and what's coming up. And uh, the next, in September, we're doing a whole series on the changing nature of the workplace. And I think Corey's discussion today is one of the, one of the cornerstones of what the series is going to look like. We're going to be talking with Bill Conady, who is the former CEO, uh, former head of HR, CHRO for the General Electric Company. And he wrote Talent Masters uh, with Ram Sharan. And you'll be hearing directly from Bill about how you need to lead your people, drive towards excellence. Talent is the key differentiator and what he sees for the future. I also have coming Chris Worley, who is a world-renowned academic. He works with Ed Lawler at the University of Southern California uh, in the CEO uh, uh, Institute there. And he's written a great book called uh, Agility, the Agile Agility Organization. And we're going to be really talking about how the speed and technology and all of these things that Corey was talking about that are coming at us and how do we create agility by doing things that are really meaningful and being able to develop capacity over time. And I will be talking about with him what are the five leadership characteristics that leaders must have in order to deal with this global uh, and Uh, environment that's so fast-paced and technologically driven. Um, Also is going to be with us is Mark C. Crowley. Uh, We're going to be talking about uh, Google and what's going on at Google uh, and how they've really restructured their organization to be uh, more focused on talent. They've blown up, frankly, some of the old uh, practices that were great for um, more the industrial era or the bureaucratic era of organizations. And they're designing tools and techniques that are really for the technological era and the knowledge worker. So that should be a fascinating conversation. I'm I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Mark is also a best-selling author in his own right and uh, should be very interesting. And then we're going to be having a discussion around HR. And how can we transform HR and what are some of the kinds of things that HR needs to be thinking about in order, what are some of the things that you need to give up, stop doing, and some of the things that you need to be doing to be much more of a strategic partner with your organizations going forward. So thank you so much again for being with me. Don't forget to vote for the Thinkers 50 Um Tune in next week. I'll be just coming back from Mexico uh, and talking with Chris uh, Worley is going to be my guest uh, next 
week. And after that, we're going to be um, doing the series on the changing nature of the workplace and what you need to think about to make sure that you have the capacity to continue to sustain and win in this marketplace. So stay with me. Thanks for being listening to the show. Thank you for listening to this week's edition of I Lead, The Leadership Connection. Please join Dr. Linda Sharkey again for another show next Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a successful week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.